What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and today is the Geek Speech. That's right, we're going to be looking back at 2019. We're going to be looking at maybe even further, look at the last decade. But really, all I want to do is just take a moment and think about what has come before in the last year. The last 12 months have been incredibly busy, and um, we have done a lot on uh, 20th Century Geek. We've had some fantastic guests. Uh, we've covered some amazing topics. And I just wanted to sit back and appreciate where we came from and what we've done. I mean, this year we have done... Um, we did a deep dive into Batman. I did I did a deep dive into The Dark Knight Returns and Arkham Asylum. Some really good reviews, in my opinion. Good, re- good reviews. Uh, I got to sp- talk Miracle Man with Julian. Which I think was a fantastic. I really, I'll go back to that one, and um, you know, one day soon, like Julian, I know is working on a book, a really in-depth look at uh, the Miracle Man, that first first arc of Miracle Man. So I'm really looking forward to that. We did a RoboCop re- retrospective. That was all four of the RoboCop films, some better than others. I'm sure you'll agree, and that that was a great sort of real in-depth chat about some of that thing with a good friend of the show, Gareth Powell. Uh, we also then had the Terry Gilliam Imagination Retrospective. Again, Julian came back on for that. The other retrospectives we've done, we had the Predator Retrospective with Ray and Dave, which, now that was a doozy. Like, we covered some serious uh, ground with that one. And, of course, you know, from the from the greatest sci-fi action films of the 80s, the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Predator, right through to the Shane Black dumpster fire car crash that is The Predator. So that covered all bases there. I've talked Moon Knight. We've talked Star Wars. This massive Star Wars collaboration that we've literally just had uh, was fantastic. And I really appreciate working with both Chris and Dave and Mike. And uh, from the feedback we've had uh, from that, I do think we'll be doing a collaboration again at some point in the future. It was fantastic. And I really want to say a massive, massive thank you to all of them. In particular, Dave who, uh, from the Comics in Motion and VHS Strikes Back, because he put it together, he pulled us all in, got the topic, got us all together, and uh, fantastic shows. So thank you to all of those for letting me be a part of it, really, and, and waffle on with those. But, you know, the other things we've done, like I said, I got to talk Moon Knight. I really gave it a, a, like a bit of a double bill on Moon Knight, really in-depth on that bad boy. Uh, and one of my favourites, I had Peter Laws, minister, author... Uh, and general nice guy, Pete Laws came on to talk about religious iconography in horror films. One of my favourite episodes. Really, really enjoyed that. Great conversation, and uh, again, fantastic guy. Hopefully, we'll be coming back. So yeah, we of course the other one I couldn't remember. The, the other retrospective was the Terminator retrospective, leading up to uh, not quite a weekend of release, but a pretty soon after uh, review of the latest Terminator film, Dark Fate, and. Uh, we turned over, you know, every stone and sort of looked into every nook and cranny of each of those films to see if they still stand up. And I think the answer to that is, apart from one and two, no, they don't really. 
Uh, they all have massive, massive problems. Yes, you can like them, but uh, yeah, there, there's some real issues in there. So if you want to see it more, go back and check out all these episodes. We've had 12 months of fantastic episodes, and I want to thank everybody that's been involved in each of those, all the guests I've had, and everybody that's contributed and, and sort of just engaged with the show because it's been you, know, you guys that make me want to do this. But in particular, there's a couple of names I really want to shout out to, to, to really thank for all their support and all their, all their sort of um, just the reason I do this, really. So, you know, on Twitter, uh, a couple of guys, um, Green Lantern HG and uh, Jack's Musings, those guys really sort of, you know, constantly sort of pumping and promoting the show, always asking questions, always with an opinion, always with a theory, always with an answer for a question. It's wonderful. And I really appreciate that engagement. So thank you very much, guys. And on top of that, like Nick Bray, great friend of the show, and you know, supported on Patreon, supported in lots of other ways. Always, again, sort of like providing support and uh, information for the show. Wonderful guy. Thank you, thank you very much, Nick. Uh, and Tony Farina, dude from Florida, sort of, you know, m- m- quite a recent sort of supporter of uh, of us at Twentieth Century Towers. But you know, the guys again provided fantastic support, really pushed the show, really wanted to engage, fantastic talking with him, and more than anything, um, you know, I'd taken down Patreon at the time. But Tony went on to our Amazon wish list and uh, bought a book that arrived, and uh, it's wonderful. It's one of the things I've sort of been dabbling about doing, so it may come up again next year. But Tony, thank you so much, it's really appreciated, and, and, and really to everybody else, Merry Christmas, and thank you so much for making 2019 such a fantastic year for 20th Century Geek. From a podcasting standpoint, I've I've had a whale of a time. I mean, it's, some of it's been tough, I won't lie, some of it's been tough. We haven't quite finished our Satanic Panic episodes. I've got one left to do, it's sort of partially written, it's just been so, so busy. I haven't been able to get it in the can, so I will get that in the can ready in the new year. So that will be, that will be coming, I promise. Um, but we have got some big ass things coming in 2020. I've got some really interesting things I want to talk about because we've got some big stuff coming. And one of the biggies I'm going to be doing next year is we have got a new Ghostbusters film. Now, there's all these legacy sequels coming out. We've had, you know, we've literally just finished the Star Wars saga, and I'll have my thoughts on that, and I will share them uh, with my other cohorts, Chris, Dave, and Mike, uh, soon. But We've got Ghostbusters coming. I've got a new Ghostbusters film, and it's going to have the original casting. Now, don't get me wrong. I am one of the few. I don't know well, I'm one of the few, but I actually really quite enjoyed the 2016 Ghostbusters. The uh, Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and uh, you know Leslie Jones and uh, Kate McKinnon. I I really enjoyed that film. You know, it's not original Ghostbusters, but like it doesn't always have to be. I thought it was good fun. I thought the effects were great. But I'm glad they're going back to the well, like back to the original. So and. So I will be looking to do a Ghostbusters retrospective next year. But more than that, I'm not going to be getting off... This isn't going to be an easy one. I'm not just going to jump on the film train and then jump back off. Oh, no, no. Because next year, I'm I'm going to EctoCon 2020. I'm going to be travelling all the way up the country, from where I live in the Midlands up to Glasgow. Because in Glasgow next year is the first UK Ghostbusters convention. And I cannot wait for it. I'm very, very excited. And they're going to have some great guests. They're going to be all kinds of merchandise and stuff there. They're going to be showing the um, the documentary, the behind the scenes documentary, cleaning up the town, 
I'm hoping, you know, touch wood, they might get something. They might get a sneak peek of the film before it comes out because the, the convention's in June. But as well, they've got, uh, you know, Dan Schoening, Eric Burnham from the comics. I do the IDW comics. I will be reaching out to both those guys to see if I can capture an interview with them whilst there. So, but what more I'm going to have there is I'm going to have, excuse my language, but I am going to have a shit ton of Ghostbusters fans at my hand, to my disposal. I can have all these people. So if I'm going to be in a Ghostbusters retrospective, I need to be using this resource. So I'm going to be digging into the toys. I'm going to be digging into the cartoons. I'm going to be digging into the computer games. I'm going to be digging into the comics, the original real Ghostbusters cartoons, the IDW legacy stuff, all of it. So we are going to have a big, big Ghostbusters month in July. So that's coming that way. I just wanted to get on and really bump that up. The other things I'm going to be doing is some in, more in-depth reviews. I'm probably going to be looking at the DC continuity. I want to go back and look at Crisis on Infinite Earths, Final Crisis, um, you know, uh, all that sort of how was you know, everything all the way up to DC Rebirth. I want to have a look at how that changed and why it changed uh, from in the 80s onwards. As I said, I'm going to finish off the set, uh, Satanic Panic uh, with the final episode of that. Maybe even do a little bit more. The other one we're going to do is we are getting another Halloween, another Michael Myers Halloween film next year, Halloween Kills. So what better way to celebrate that than a Halloween retrospective? So that's right, I'm going to be finding someone to be doing that with. And we're going to work our way through each and every Halloween film. And that will include the original John Carpenter's all the way through to the not-so-great, in my opinion, uh, Rob Zombie Halloween films. We're going to talk a lot. So, And then you'll get a weekend of release. Halloween review, so we'll be giving that as well. Excellent, really looking forward to that. Uh, I want to do something on Vincent Price. I want to look at sort of most underrated sequels of the 20th century. Loads of things. But the other thing I want to do is I'll get some people on to talk about their desert island movies. What films is it that they would have? Top five films. We're going to talk about that with some people. Might get some like Chris Phelps from uh, Comic Motion, Dave Horrocks, all these guys I've worked with. Some great opinions in there. So that's the sort of stuff we can expect for the podcast in 2020 some big stuff coming but if you've got ideas if you've got things you want me to cover let me know reach out you know on twitter let me know at 20th century geek 20th century geek at gmail.com get on there let me know what is it you want us to cover anyway other things let's have a quick quick look at what 2019 what 2019 has given us a lot of people I've already started to look at this, and a lot of people have started to say, 2019 has been one of the best years in cinema. It's been provided with some of the best films of all time. You know, huge blockbusters, huge box office, blah, blah, blah. I've got to say, I'm not feeling that. I think I'm a little bit maybe blockbusted out. There was a time that a blockbuster would come out in the films, you know, come out in the cinemas, and I'd dash to it, see it first opening weekend. And I would love it, and I'd be all excited, and you get the, you know, the heart pounding, the fist pumping. And then when it came out on Blu-ray, I'd get it, and I'd be all over it. It seems to be going away. I think it's a bit like fatigue. We've had some high spots. I mean, let's be honest. Like Avengers Endgame is the culmination of one of the most audacious, complex, and fun pop culture cinema endeavors that's ever been attempted. I mean, this thing's astronomical. I mean, you know, they've been working on this since 2008. This thing covers 10 years, and I loved every minute of it. I think, you know, Avengers Endgame, uh, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame comes culminates something uh, astounding. So, well done to Kevin Feige. Well done to everybody involved. 
I do think Robert Downey Jr. does a lot of praise for what he brought to Tony Stark, but there are so many more people in that film that really, really bring their A game. So it's going to go down in history as one of the biggest and best films ever made. But as a film, it's great, but as a saga, and as a, it's, in all honesty, I think the Marvel Universe beats the Star Wars saga outright. Just It just does. Not just for content and, and, and size and scope and girth, but just for quality at this point. I honestly think the hit rate in the Marvel Universe is much better than Star Wars, but that's a different conversation. Probably get some emails about that one. Um, but for me, the sort of the biggest, there was a couple of out the, out of the blue, like Knives Out that came out recently, it was excellent. It's one of the, my favourite films of the year, and I will be definitely getting that to watch again. John Wick 3 has really stuck with me. You know, this film was I thought was going to be another dumb, silly action film, you know, continuation of the, the ludicrous universe of the John Wick uh, saga but again I really enjoyed it I think the fight choreography in it is astounding it's it's incredible these guys really do take it to the top notch I mean it's sort of like you know in some places it's like raid level good and uh, uh, you know Keanu Reeves you know, loves that character and clearly brings a lot to it uh, so that's another one I'm, a franchise I'm loving at the moment and I'm not really one to shout out my my love for musicals. I don't really think I have a big fan of musicals overall. There's a couple that stand out, but I really really enjoyed Rocket Man this year. I ended up seeing it twice in the cinema, and uh, I think Taron Egerton is bound for Oscar win at some point in the future. The guy's incredible. I think he's a fantastic talent. I think he's incredibly charismatic. I think he's a great actor. He's a singer. He's got you know he brings the the full gamut of everything. Wonderful guy, and I think you know Rocket Man was a really really good just a demonstration of that that ability so you know I, I can't wait to see what else he brings but I really enjoyed Rocky Man I thought it was great uh, so those couple of films really stood out for me this year that I saw in the cinema there was, there was others I mean you know I did enjoy Far From Home I thought it was it was fine it was one of those films though that having watched it I felt myself distancing from things and I don't know if it was because it was post Endgame but I felt myself a little bit disengaged you know, Tom Holland is fantastic as Peter Parker and Spider Man, but I, I'm feeling this is it's almost like that's the passing of a torch to another generation. Like I'm almost off the train now. I'm like, well, thank you very much. It was a fantastic ride. Now it's time for the younger guys to take up uh, the tracks and carry on with that kind of stuff. But we'll see. There's of course you know uh, plenty of chances for that to to get better and. Uh... I'll see how I feel the next one. And of course, that wasn't the only superhero film we got. We did also get uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Brie Larson stepping into the uh, the breach, and uh, it was good. It was all right. I I, uh, I enjoyed most of it. Uh, I think she's great, uh, um, but uh, it still felt a little flat for me. It was fine. I just know I wasn't. I just don't think I was the audience for that film. It was it was great. I know people that have loved it, but. Some of the humour in it, some of the jokes just didn't land for me. Uh, the action's solid. I think Brie Larson is great. I think Samuel Jackson did a great job. It just never really landed for me for that film. It all felt a bit forced. And then we just got some real duds. You know, um, It Chapter 2. What a letdown that was. Uh, Doctor Sleep. Like, Stephen King's stories really did not do well this year. Doctor Sleep was starts well as a nice sort of horror drama and then just drags, in my opinion. That film just sort of culminates in a, a finale that's so um, predictable and just cliched and staged it was it was rote the whole film felt rote it was incredibly dull is the only way it's flat is the only way I can feel about that film it's like I, I love the, the guy who created it uh, I can't remember his name right now who obviously did um, 
Haunting of Hill House for Netflix. Like he does great tension, and when it's over a series, like The Haunting of Hill House is fantastic, and some of the other things he's done have been really, really good. But this film, like, it just lurched a little bit from place to place, and the tension never built to me. It never felt like a horror film. Maybe a sort of like, you know a, a dark drama, but that was about it. Yeah, not a fan. It chapter two just as bad. Um, misplaced humor. Uh, some not great casting. A terrible ending. Like the the finale, the third act of that film is so shit. Like horrific. Like, it, it's it's film ruiningly bad. Like there are parts of the film that are good. Like you know I think. Um, What's it? Hader in it is really, really is solid, um, and um, your, your man Charles Xavier is pretty solid. But apart from that, it starts to sort of fall apart. I mean, you know, Pennywise, the design and, and, and you know the characterization. You, you uh, what's it? As well as Skarsgård, Skarsgård who plays him is wonderful. Like oh, it's Alexander Skarsgård, it's whoever it is, Skarsgård, the, the younger Skarsgård. Who played Pennywise is fantastic, and it, he will go down as a horror icon. Like, there's no doubt. I think he's fantastic in it. Like, he really gets it. But yeah, that film just fell flat. I mean, it, the reason the book works so well is because there's, there's an interlacing of the young and the old. Like, it constantly flicks between the two, and it's almost like the same journey being taken and all this other stuff. And it culminates into a sort of like a double climax. Um, and so the, the reason they get the double climax in the book is you get the physical climax and everything sort of in, you know, in the first as, as the kids. And then so you get the spiritual climax as, as the kids and the physical climax as, as the adults. And it works in the book. I mean, there's some really weird stuff in there as well. Not so like the, the space turtle I'm talking about, sort of like underage orgies, which is weird. But if, you, if you're going to do this, this is one of those things where... If you're going to go all out in King, you'd need to grasp it by the horns and take it. And that's what they did with the first one. And this one just felt tame, is probably the bit. So I was really let down by that. There's a few others, I mean, that were still better. I enjoyed Terminator Dark Fate. My review's out there. Please go check it out. It, it had its moments. I think they handled the, the spoilers, by the way, for anyone that hasn't seen it but or seen the review. But um, the way they handled the death of John Connor, I felt was, was off. Um, and sort of swept things under the carpet. I, I know there's the statements that that came from Jim Cameron. Fine, don't care. Still better ways of doing it. Go check out mine and Brian's review for that about more information. But then there's like Hobbs and Shaw. Fine, it was good fun. It's a really good, fun, dumb action film. But, you know, in the promo materials, you've got sort of Dwayne Johnson talking about, like, oh, yeah, we're doing something different. We're taking it to the next level. This is one of the biggest films ever made. Blah, blah. Yeah, it's a fine, dumb action film that went on too long. I mean, that film's got two third acts, and they're both fine, but it's overstuffed. And I felt that's a little bit like a lot of this stuff. It just felt overstuffed. You know, it's sort of like it was like the rock on cheat day, just too many pancakes, too much tequila didn't need to happen. And I think the final one to talk about really is Joker. Uh, I just want to have a sort of bit of a comment on Joker. I think, again, it's one of those films that created so much hype, both positive and negative, before it, even its release, that it was appearing in mainstream news. Like Even like the Metro in the UK, which is a free newspaper that appears on buses, was speculating on whether or not the, this film's violence was going to produce some sort of incel revolution for some weird reason. Like It's not going to do that. And I'll be perfectly honest, the film is fine. 
it centers and is anchored by one of the best performances in this year like without a doubt like regardless of what else i think about the film uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this film is phenomenal. Like the guy commits to everything. He he creates a character that I never let go of. Uh, in this sense of like, at no point do I look at this when I'm watching the film. Do I ever look and go, "That's Joaquin Phoenix doing a great job"? No, it's Arthur Fleck, and in all manner, like the guy is a fantastic character actor. Um, and if he does get the the Oscar for best actor, I think it's hugely well deserved. The rest of the film, though. I felt was a little bit adolescent is the way to describe it I think you know it's psychology and it's sort of like the message it was giving is so sort of um, you know trying to be sort of like a goth teenager sort of like you know I'm depressed and it's dark and the world is shit well yeah we know that and you know you didn't you you're the Joker needs to provide something about why it's that way and it doesn't it literally just provides you with a character that's broken at the beginning of the film and is broken at the end of the film and he doesn't act as a mirror to the world at no point is he a reflection of what society has done at the end of the film there's a moment in the film when he, he says to Robert De Niro's character uh, the, the, the chat show host he says um, what happens when society ignores someone okay that's sort of broken he says you know you get exactly what you deserve no, that's not fair because that means it's, again it's that blaming of of society. It's blaming culture, and that's crap because it's pushing everything outwards. Like you know, yes, I understand that you've got uh, mental health issues. I understand that we do have a responsibility to both identify and care and help support, and I, that's totally right. But then to not take your medication and refuse other things, and then kill someone. It's not a way of... You can't blame that on society. It's one of those things where you've got to say, no, no, there is a root cause. Yes, he had mental health issues. And yes, the funding for the uh, mental health support uh, system in play was, was in, uh, insufficient. Uh, and all this other stuff. And then they, they just keep taking pot shots. And it sort of... It points and wags a finger, but without having any justifiable uh, explanation or justifiable uh, solution or actually providing any real depth... And I think that's the problem I have with the film. It sort of doesn't provide any real depth. It thinks it does, but it provides depth in the same way that like a sixteen-year-old does when he writes poetry. You know, he thinks he's deep and meaningful when he's writing his fucking lyrics for some band, but it doesn't. It's not that. And the film itself is fine. It's good. It's a it's a nice quality film. However, I honestly, honestly think better films have, have addressed this question uh, of you know how society treats people or misses people like the, the film is a pastiche on uh the king of comedy you know and i think that's a much better film to watch you know it's a more difficult film to watch i also think if you want to look at uh the idea of the the, the one percent and that sort of like the, the yuppie side of it just watch american psycho um if you want to watch something about someone who's deluded uh, looking at a different view on the world and sort of like you know through delusion and stuff. There's a film with Ryan Reynolds called Voices, which is wonderful. Um, the film plays out like a gentle comedy for the first forty minutes, and then you get a twist that blows your mind, and it goes in a completely different way. Excellent film. Those films I feel have done this film better. The reason the Killing Joke works, because let's be honest, that you know, this film is just uh, the Killing Joke via Martin Scorsese. But the reason it works is because it takes someone who is a regular Joe, a normal person, and then just pummels them into submission and says, 
what are you going to do about it? That's the question. What do you do when you have a bad day? And the character in the, the Killing Joke isn't just a bad day. It's it's the the, cat, the straw that breaks the camel's back. That's what happens. There's a series of events that that drive him mad. But he starts off as a schlub. Like he's yeah he's a down and out, but he's a regular guy. What I want to see, I don't want to see someone suffering from mental illness driven to a point of a point of snapping and fighting back at society because that's just them blaming their mental illness and that that to me almost feels like a get out yes i get the point of the film telling us that we need to take more care of those sort of those elements of society and those areas of society that don't get the social uh, and you know mental support that they should i completely understand that and i completely agree with that message but the point of things like the killing joke is you're not taking arthur fleck and making him the joker you're taking George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life and making him the Joker. That's the journey. That's the tra- the trajectory you want to be seeing. You know, w- watch It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, take him up to the point where he's about to jump off the bridge and you meet Clarence. And then you know, spoilers for It's a Wonderful Life, one of the best films ever made. But you take up to that point, and he's lying on the bridge. He's about to kill himself to save money. Right. That's the point at which you meet. The character in the killing joke and then he gets pushed a bit further that's what you want to be seeing someone who's a regular joe you know sort of like you want to see a character that looks like james stewart or tom hanks taken to that point and it becomes a joker that's the story i want to see that's the one the character i want to see taken beyond to become the joker I, the joker was a good joker is a good film it has some fantastic moments it will go down as a classic i'm sure however i also think that to a, it will go into a classic within a certain group. Do I think it's going to be talked about in the same breath as other films uh, in 15 years, as, say, some of the Scorsese films or even some of the superhero films that we've had or the villain films that you've seen these days? No, I honestly don't think it will. I honestly don't think it will. So that was my thing on Joker. So overall, I think the film, the, the year has been fine in cinema. I just think there's been so much hype about everything that's come out that... You know, it's there's a hype bubble. It's oh, it's big. It dies. Oh, it's big. It dies. And I just think, you know, if I'm honest, I think I've been incredibly disappointed with stuff this year. And I'm hoping to get better stuff next year. I mean, you know, seeing some of the trailers I've seen, uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife, as you can tell. Uh, we've got Black Widow. That looks interesting. You know, I think that's a, a, a different sort of dynamic we're going to get. No Time to Die. The last. Daniel Craig Bond film. Okay, we're gonna have to do some talking about that. Mulan. Now that looks quality. Like, check out that trailer. I'm really impressed with that. Halloween Kills. The Invisible Man. Bloomhouse is taking on the Invisible Man. That film looks. I've I've watched the first half of the trailer because I don't want to be spoiled with that one. I'm really looking forward to that. That one looks creepy as hell. Wonder Woman 84. Death on the Nile. Um, and more. Like, there's gonna be so much more. So, 2020 could be good. It could just be another fecking hype machine that just blows me out i'm just a bit bored of some of this um and i've just so i've gone on and i've, and I've, I've really got on and I've, I've, I've ranted basically i think 2019 has been great fun for 20th century geek i've hugely enjoyed everything i've done as i go back i want to thank all the people involved uh, and so check out what we're going to be doing next year we've got some great stuff coming up um, and again, if you want got some ideas, get in contact. Especially if you want to see some retrospectives, because I've really enjoyed doing those, and I'm thinking that might become something I do in another way. But let me know what other films you think I should be looking at. What other franchises should we be picking apart and finding why they work and why they don't work? Um, 
but also the thing is I've, I've got another podcast and that's going to go from strength to strength i'm using that now doing that now with uh, with julian darius julian and i are sort of looking at sci-fi movies not just reviewing the movie but discussing the movie why does it work why doesn't it work what 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 impacts it had on society what does it say about society what other discussions should we have so we have got uh, several episodes out it's called stories out of time and space and can be found on usual places itunes spotify all your usual podcast catchers go and check it out we've got at the moment we've got uh forbidden planet solaris star wars and I believe the next one is, ooh, testing me now, number four. I don't know, I'll have to find out, but it's coming soon. But the other films we've got coming up are things like uh, The Fly, it's The Fly, there you go, The Fly is coming up, we've got The Fly, we've got Akira, uh, Starship Troopers, uh, Primer, uh, Looper. So some great films coming up, really looking forward to that. But check that out, there's two podcasts coming up, that's going to go from strength to strength in 2020. But again, thank you, thank you so much for listening to 20th Century Geek because I just it's fantastic and I really, really appreciate it. So I'm going to shut up and stop ranting. Um, but if you've got any thoughts or any comments about anything that I've talked about today or we've talked about in the past or even what you want us to do in the future, get in contact. Okay? Thank you very much, guys. Have a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. And I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Another great 20th Century Geek episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in contact to suggest topics for future shows or just chat about everything nerdy, you can email me at 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. That's 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. Or find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Just search for 20th Century Geek. If you would like to support the show, please go on your podcast catcher and leave a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. It raises the show in the ranks and lets more people know about the podcast. If you want to show more support for the podcast, we do have an Amazon wishlist. Just go on Amazon and search for 20th Century Geek and you will find a list of books that will help with research for future podcasts. And don't forget, we love second-hand books in 20th Century Towers. Once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 